Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm talking about Heroin Complex by Sarah Kuhn. So let's suppress the magic of books. Now, this is, uh, I kind of picked this up, it looks really fun, it has a really good, exciting cover on it, and it's, it's a good book. I can't say that I loved it, that it was like the best book, but it didn't stop me from reading it. Uh, it's not the author's debut novel, they've written a lot of stuff before then, and it was, it was well written, just wasn't like 100% for me. There's a couple things that we'll get to that I did not really uh, love about it. Now, just to be aware, this book... Uh, does have a little bit of uh, spice, you could call it, or a little bit of uh, romantic overtures that go a little farther than a lot of other fantasy books. I'd still only give it like a 1.5 or a 2 on the like a spiciness scale out of 5, but it's there. That's like one scene or two. You can easily kind of skip past them. It's nothing to uh, be too worked up about right now. I'll let you get <laughs> This is... Uh, this says something that says something more about me than about the book, but uh, if I'm not expecting a little bit of that in a book, it really throws me off when I encounter it in the book. And it's not not the book's fault. It's eh, maybe it's the book's fault for not uh, foreshadowing it properly. But usually it's foreshadowed enough, and I'm just like, I just don't see it. And then I get to it, and I'm like, oh, this came out of nowhere. And I was like, no, it actually didn't. And yeah, this is kind of the book. And it's not. I'm not opposed to the scenes in the book they just sometimes they shock me or they go farther than i think they will and i'm taken aback it's not a big deal it's just something that uh works for me now if we talk a little bit about the characters in a non-spoiler way i mostly like the characters there's i like the two main characters the most the rest i'm kind of ambivalent about and i'm like oh my gosh of course you do this of course you do that so Let's just kind of get into this story. Heroin Complex is a story where our main character, Evie Takana, excuse me, Tanaka, she is a superhero's sidekick, kind of, uh, she does the social media presence, she records a video, they, we learn that there are demons in the world, well, this is, let's just kind of talk about it for a second there, there was a demon invasion at one point, uh, the demons came over, everybody, all of the demons died in, near, you know, when they exited the portal to earth, and certain people got some powers, they got some really useless powers, it was fine, they, the powers is... Most of them got useless powers, and, and that's the point. The powers aren't meant to be exciting. That's not the point of the story. I get it, but I like a good power. So uh, we follow Aveda Jupiter. It's a you know pseudonym for a girl. She wants to. She protects all of San Francisco from these demons. There's random portals that'll pop up. Demons will come through. They'll take on the form of something they see right away. They'll attack. They'll try and kill people. Right. They're just kind of mindless demons, though. She, she protects the town. She destroys them. They find these stones. They kind of investigate. And in the course of one action, Aveda Jupiter is injured. She hurts her leg. Well, she hurts her bad pretty bad. Her leg pretty bad when she is training because a reporter commented about her zit instead of the fact that she's saving the town. And our superhero comes up with the most brilliant plan ever. She'll have her assistant, Evie take over as her place she'll wear the mask she'll do the costume she'll go to the events hopefully no portal show up in the you know four to six weeks she has to be recovering yeah everybody will be happy it'll get past it now of course this is not how things go they go to a first event she I, we, we're in evie's head and she is very calm and collected and like i can't feel these emotions and i can't do these things and i can't feel this and we learn it's because she has a firepower Literally, like, she can start fires and burn things, and it usually happens when she gets too 
emotional, right? And then she has some trauma where she accidentally tried to burn. She didn't actually accidentally try to burn down a building. She has trauma from when she accidentally burned down a building. And she was very scared and like, oh, I could have killed somebody. And this all makes sense to me at the same time. If I was a person and then I spontaneously got fire powers and then I spontaneously lit a building on fire, I would be doing a lot to figure out how I had done it the first time so I could try and replicate it in more safe conditions. But, you know, she doesn't. That's fine. Again, this is just me and that stuff. So let's talk about some characters. Let's talk about Aveda, uh, Jupiter, or Annie, as she is actually known, as as her real name is. I... There's a lot to talk about with Aveda. On the whole... I like this character at the end. The entire beginning and middle of the book, I was like, I hate you. You are so crazy. You're so obsessed with this attitude. Like, you could tell that she she gets too worked up about, oh, okay, they talked about it. It's okay. You don't need to go into, like, super training mode and wailing mode and very, very manipulative. And you know, Evie knows it, but she just feels like she has to do it because they've been best friends forever. And she's always been there for you, Evie, yes. But you've always been there for her as well. Like, let's get talking about this stuff. So, and then the minute she's out of the spotlight, she kind of starts letting herself go. Now, this is, this sounds weird bad when I say that she starts letting herself go. But she had a very strict regimen before and she starts completely avoiding it because she is, it doesn't feel like she's in the spotlight anymore. And she's trying to relax now that she's recuperating. But we also see that there's been a lot of miscommunication in the past where um, Evie had slept with Luke. Nope, not Luke. I don't know why he wanted to call him Luke. Evie had slept with Scott when they were in high school, but Aveda or Annie was really into him, and you know, and so she was like, "Oh, I can't do that," and then that caused their little between Aveda and Scott, and it's a little bit of that miscommunication and a lot of manipulation, and I just I did not uh, like it or enjoy it or approve of it at all. It was well done. I mean, it was not poorly written it just that's the feelings it gave me let's talk a little bit about uh, scott oh sorry first aveda has a minor telekinesis power she can very weakly use telekinesis and lift things like enough to lift up a soda can right very badly so she's mainly just fighting off these demons with her physical strength and you know dedication to training now we get scott he also got some powers in the san francisco attack he got the ability to cast minor spells. What exactly does that mean? means minor spells, uh, glamours, illusions that last about three hours. Seems like a cool guy, kind of surfer vibe is what I got from him. You know, he's very careful and like, I don't want to do these things that are going to hurt you or could potentially hurt you. Then we'll move on to Nate. Nate is the scientist in the in the, their group. He does the science work. He's very analytical. There is one twist at the very end that really I did not see coming, and that was a well-done twist with with Nate. I, I kind of picked up that he was going to be the uh, male romance, the male lead romance here in this book, because I knew there was a little bit of romance going into it, right? It does talk about them getting together. So I knew that he would be there. Uh, oh, jeez. Okay, let's talk about... We're going to talk about Evie a little bit. She's a good character. I can understand why she could have done, why she did the things that she did, and I like that there are lots of like subtleties to her character, like that she wears neon underpants, right, be- or like underwear, because she's like, I want to be bright on the inside, but I don't want to let people know, and it helps keep me calm, and I only like to eat, I like all the colors of the the cereal she eats except the purple ones, and you know Nate brings her a bowl of candy with no purple ones in it later, and it's like, oh, it's such a heartwarming and nice thing, and 
that fa- I love this. This her this was a, an emotional roller coaster because in the course of this story, she goes from having zero emotions all the time besides like, oh, it's cool. It's fine. This is what I have to do. This is my job. I can do it like very focused and like not letting herself feel anything to once she starts actually showing, letting herself feel things. She's feeling all the things. She's going from zero to 100 back to zero to being like, okay, I'm really angry, but what am I? And now I'm angry. Now I'm sad. Now I'm this. Now I'm experiencing all these things. And it's like, this is a real emotional roller coaster where like she hasn't built up all these kind of tolerances that you build up. Okay, okay, I don't need to get angry right now. Or like she's very quick to effuse. Now uh, let's talk about, we'll talk about her and Nate's relationship later. I really like their relationship and the way it evolved and changed throughout the book. It was really nice and well done. Let's talk about Bea or Bea, her sister. Her sister is the dumbest character I have ever seen and she's smart at some times and just a complete dunce in the other times like she's going to high school so she's 16 or 17 right now I don't know about a lot of you but I did not generally go be a drunk every day every chance I got when I was 16 to 17 but she has to keep the liquor cabinet locked because her sister will just drink it all and I'm like uh okay I could see her sister doing that once or twice you know but like she'll do it non-stop And if it's such a big deal, then just quit buying liquor or alcohol. Or, you know, she could go buy it herself or get somebody else to buy it. It just didn't seem very realistic. But then she's smart enough to be able to come up with a reasonable reason why she can have, why she has to stay home from school and can get her assignments mailed into her. And then she can pass them without really studying. You know, she was a guru with social media near the end of the book. And then this is the part that just really drove me crazy. They are fighting these demons, and they're like, okay, the demons are coming. They've they've changed. There's this kind of queen demon that's doing something, or princess demon. She's clearly up to something. She needs these minions to make a portal. We're going to stop her. So what does Bia do? She volunteers to be the fourth minion? What? You've got to be kidding me. Sure, she, was, she wasn't even angry at her sister at that time. Like, she was just like oh yeah, you got hurt and I did this and I'm going to go join the minion, join the minions. And I'm like, okay, like I know why Nate went there. Nate went there to try and trick his mom because he's the self-sacrificing type because, you know, it turns out that he actually is a demon or a half demon. His mom is the, the princess demon. She had him when he was here. He has a, a ability to notice things really well. He can tell cotton versus cotton, blood poly, whatever. He's just very good at details, right? But Bea, she's like, yeah, but I'll get to live forever. And I'm like, okay, but look at the other three minions and see how they're all. And that was really funny. I love that the her minions would sass talk her and back talk her a ton. And it was just hilarious where she's like, I have this great plan. And the minions would be like, yeah, great plan. Woo woo. Really sucks over here. Like your plan couldn't get off the ground if it had two wings and like a jet on the back of it. Like... And Bea's like, oh, yeah, I'll just be a minion. And then the queen, the princess uh, Shasta is her character in the book, which I, I did not think it would be Shasta. I did think it was going to be Maisie, the reporter, but so good hidden there. But I was also like, really, Shasta, the one who doesn't do anything in the book until the end? So there's, like, the, like I said, minor points, and this is one of them with Bea, or Bea, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce her name. But she's, the princess is like, oh, yeah, and now I'm going to kill, you know, Evie. And Bea's like, what? I didn't think you would do that. And I'm like, really? You didn't think 
that the demon who wants to open a portal to the demon world and wants to kill everybody except for your minions because you'll technically live forever wouldn't want to kill your sister who's been thwarting her at every turn and trying to stop her. Really, you couldn't connect those two dots. Those are the two most obvious dots you'll ever see. Supervillain wants to, to do something. Superhero stops them. Supervillain wants to kill Superhero. Congratulations, we found a plotline. Like, that, that part was just, I could not, I hated it, that part. I was like, really, that's what you chose to do? Like, okay, but let's get on with it, right? So we learned a little bit about the backstory, the demons. It was good. Yeah, nothing remarkable or like over the top, really amazing. So, and this book is, it was weird because there is a weird lack of swearing in this book. Now, I am not a proponent for swearing all the time and in every situation. Sometimes it's okay to have a swear though. Like, I just, it felt like they were just trying to, like, the times they would swear, they would just use the fake swears, but not like, I mean, look, hold on. Okay, I found it. And, I, I did mess up. There are a couple instances of actual swears, but our main villain, who's been living incognito in hu around humans for, you know, 20-ish years or more, because that's about how old Nate and the main character are, right? She only swears in fake swears. Gosh darn it. Gosh dang it. Like, I was just like, okay, that's, it just, it kept throwing me for a little loop. So, minor nitpick here again. But on the other side, like I said earlier, the emotional roller coaster was really well done, and the relationship between Nate and Evie was really well done. Evie coming to grips with her jealousy of people being around Nate and her liking of Nate and her learning to control her powers with Nate a little bit, where she's like, Hey, I held it in. Like, I told the fire to not come out, and it didn't come out. Like, those parts were really well done. I really like the relationship part between Nate and, and Evie. They they grow together and Nate's like, hey, I'm here for you. I will help you. You can, you know, trust me and be safe with me. And she's like, okay, but we are just going to do the sex because the sex was great and I loved it. And that's all we're going to be. We're not going to be real relationship. And he's like, okay, if that's what you want, that's what you want. And then... You know, she starts getting jealous, and then she's like, wait a minute, I want it all. I want the relationship, and then, the, you know, and it's nice. I liked the relationship a lot, but there are just those couple things that really did not click for me here. It's in, and uh, let me tell you about some of the other superheroes' powers. The only one I can really remember is somebody is a GPS. She can find any car. Wow, great superpower. I'm glad that you... I, I mean, she does good work. She helps the police find, like, carjackings and stuff, but, like... At the same time, I'm like, wow, like, these are really, really an odd assortment of powers that come through. The only one that's even remotely combat-based is the fire one. And you'd think, theoretically, the way it worked is that the demons had the powers, and then they came over the portal, they died, the powers kind of separated. So every demon had, like, two or three powers or more, and then they got broken up. And when there is a big portal event, that can also level up your power, right? Okay. <laughs> but why, if you have an invading force... Why do you need your GPS guy? Wouldn't you want like more combat abilities, like everybody to have at least one combat ability? The answer is yes. If you're coming to take over, you want more combat. They're not coming over to take over through diplomacy. So and as much as I might be ragging on the princess here, she was hilariously incompetent. I'll do this, and it'll be great, and I'll do that, and it'll be great. And her minions, oh, yeah, it really worked for you good that time, didn't it? So good this time, didn't it? Yeah, it was fun. It made me laugh a couple times, but there were those issues that I had with it that I talked about. So 
That's going to be it, though. That's all I have to talk about with Heroin Complex by Sarah Kuhn. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and thanks to David Hillowitz for the intro and outro music. If you have any questions or comments, please send those to libromancypod at gmail.com. You know, please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. And remember to suppress the magic of books. 